following program is an exclusive DisruptionNetworks.com production. Hey, it's Adeline Van Dyke from Coldwell Banker Faith Properties in Utica. I always get asked, why do I love real estate? It's very simple. I love my clients. I love every single thing about helping them find or sell their home. Making sure the home is solid and ready for sale or solid and ready for the buyer's inspection. To making sure that they're getting the best rate on their mortgage. Making sure they're getting the best price on their house. You know, just everything involved in the sale is vital. My absolute favorite part of real estate is when a buyer walks into the house they're going to buy. I can feel it before they even know they're loving the house. It's just that obvious. So I'd love to experience that feeling with you. So give me a call. Adeline Van Dyke, Coldwell Banker, Faith Properties, 315-404-6431. Or you can find me on Facebook or visit my website at centralnewyork.com backslash Adeline. Thank you. And I look forward to welcoming you home. When it's your hard-earned money on the line that you are investing into a home, it makes sense to choose a proven professional to assist you in making one of the biggest investments you may ever make. Josh's dedication of over 20 years to the home construction industry allows him to bring knowledge and experience to your doorstep. That means you can feel confident and comfortable with his service to you. Past clients love his attention to detail and thorough written reports. By allowing priceless inspections to help you make a well-informed decision concerning your property, you will find that a quality inspection is priceless. Follow Priceless Inspections on Facebook or call 315-525-8725. In the Mohawk Valley, for the best real estate service, you got to have faith. Caldwell Banker Faith Properties, 315-735-2222 or www.centralnyhomes.com. Y'all law infidels, that's right. It's Hacker Hameen. This is Al Schneer from the band Mo. Hey, this is Corey Glover from Living Color. And you're listening to EC Radio. And you're listening to EC Radio. Live on EC Radio with the Z-Man. So take the pizza out of your fat moron mouth. Sit back and listen before I give you a $5 face slap. You'll never forget, infidels. YOLO! Welcome to EC Radio Podcast. We would like to thank all of our sponsors for joining the Disruption team. And we hope that you will support all of our sponsors. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this program. Yeah, baby, what's happening, everybody? Z here hanging. It's another Monday in beautiful upstate New York. I'm loud, huh? Yeah. Well, it's loud. it's my deafness. Chicken, <laughs> you should know that by now. You should know how deaf I am right now. Maybe I'll lower my mic here. Yeah, you kind of blew me away a little. Boom, baby. That's what we do here on EC Radio. We like it loud. We're on the D, disruptionnetwork.net, the all-new website. Check it out. It's Z. Chicken's here hanging. What's up? You hung over from the Super Bowl? Uh, I, I'm like a food hangover. Food hangover? Yeah, we ate a lot of food. <laughs> so did you go to the gym to work that all off? No, today? I no. couldn't even move today. Shame on you, I chicken. <laughs> I know. I wanted to. I needed to, but. Chicken, I'm excited about our guest today. Yeah. My man over here, Fritz Shears, is in the house with us. Fritz's polka band. Probably at one time, they were the hardest drinking polka band in the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's we, a true story. We've tipped a couple. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I know It's neat is like, I know metalheads. They yeah. love Fritz's Polka Band. Yes. You know what I mean? Which it seems like <laughs> odd. Right. But these guys bring it. Right. And they, and they, not only have they been bringing it, but they've been doing it for years, man. Fritz, how long has the band been going? I know your dad started the band, and you've yeah. been carrying it over. How long? Yeah, him and I and my brother-in-law, Gabe, started the band in 1978. Wow. So uh, it's too. been a while. <laughs> I was eight years old when we started. When we played our first gig in October of 1978, I was eight years old. What were you playing at eight? The accordion? Accordion. Really? Yeah. Accordion. They have yep. a little so, guy a, for a, you? a little smaller accordion than the one I have now. Yeah. You know, because they do make different sized ones. It was a little bit smaller than the one I first played with. And uh, 
1978. Been a while. 1978. Wow. I was three. <laughs> I was two to the to the month. A two yeah. to the month, huh? Crazy how time goes. Yeah, it goes by really fast. We were talking about yeah. that just before we got started yeah, and how nuts. quick it goes by. And he was noticing some things on your time hop from playing at the EC a couple years back. Yeah, huh? when we played it, I, I almost think it was like I don't know if it's 2010, 2011, something like that. But when it came back up, I was like, wow, it was that long ago? Yeah, yeah that was a fun gig. Like, that was wild and crazy. It flies by, you know. And some different friends come in that night that I hadn't seen in a while. It was nice. It was, it was cool. It was a fun, fun gig, memorable, you know. Chicken, you like his shirt? Yeah, I love it. His daughter made Thanks. that. Yeah, I'm she made proud it. She to made show that. this off. My oldest daughter, Catherine. She's a up and coming fashion designer. I mean, she went to school for it, and um, and I had an idea in mind. You know, I went to Joanne's with her and picked out this fabric that was really loud and crazy, kind of like me. And uh, but she she told me this material is horrible to work with because because <laughs> the silk yeah, it right? wants to fray when you're cutting and sewing. But she did it. Turned out great, and I'm proud of it. So I'm you know proud to show it off. I like that shirt. Cool. But uh, so yeah, she's up and coming. Her website's CatherineDominique.com. And she's on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, she's just getting started with it. But, uh, you know, excited to see what she's going to be coming up with. I'm sure it's going to be pretty cool. Does she enjoy it? Yeah, That's she loves it. I mean, thing. and the funny thing is, like, some people know what they want to do from, you know, early on in life. And some, like me, didn't necessarily know what they want to do. But uh, she knew from a young age, you know, fashion was really her thing, fashion design. So uh, it's pretty cool seeing her uh, come along with some of the different things that she's done and some of the accolades that she's earned. So proud dad. It's cool. Is she into music at all? Like, does she play? No, no. no. Years ago when she was growing up, she did play violin, Mm -hmm. you know, but uh, both my daughters can sing really well. But once they hit middle school, then they kind of focused on their studies, you know, and tried to really do the best they could. So hopefully they could get some scholarships and thank goodness they were able to (laughs) because college is so expensive. But, uh, but yeah, they, you know, they can sing if they want to. Yeah. Then yeah. don't play accordion guitar. Any of them? No, no, none no, of them? Huh? no. And in hindsight, they skip that know. gene. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I should, maybe I should have been a little more pushy. It's it's one of those things like you don't want to be pushy, right? But at the same time, I'm thinking, you know, I probably should have encouraged them a little more, maybe to do that. I don't know. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But guess. it's cool that but, your uh, your one daughter's at least following her passion. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, so and another thing is, they always like kind of let them, you know find what they really like and let them do it. And, you know, if it leads them to music, cool. And if not, and you know, and part of me is like, well, eh, maybe I should have pushed a little, but you know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I'm happy for all what they're doing. So it's all good. It's all good. We're lucky. We got them, man. With January and February, really your slow time. Of yeah. Year, right? We don't, we don't do many gigs really this time of month, only the year because the weather's crazy and unpredictable. And, you know, there's been times we did gigs in the winter, and normally you go somewhere, you figure it's an hour and a half, and all of a sudden it's like a three-hour drive, right? You yeah. know, and just so unpredictable. And then if you do go to a place sometimes, weather's crappy, people don't come out, mm-hmm. then it's not a good turnout. Somebody comes there and say, geez, they didn't get anybody to come out and see them. That doesn't really do you any good either. You know, they don't say, well, the weather was, you know, horrible. So it is what it is. We, you know, we play a little bit. We're starting to rehearse a little, you know, and... uh but we played one gig last month, and we got some we got some gigs coming up in February that we're really looking forward to. Uh, February 10th, the Saturday night, 7 o'clock, we'll uh, be back at Tap Room 46 over at Woods Valley Ski Area. Oh, nice. Uh, we've been playing up there, Great I think, spot. two, three years. Yeah, it's got a cool vibe. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, even if you don't ski, you can go there. It's not like it's just for people that ski or snow tube. I mean, we got people that come there, they have, don't do skiing at all. And uh, they just come there to hang out, watch music, have, you know, have some brews. I'll grab something to eat, and uh, of course, folks that do ski love it as well. You got to do a video of you playing the accordion going down a ski tube. Yeah, oh, right. dude, that man. would be great. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> when I was twenty. But that's one, of, <laughs> that's one of those gigs that, like, if it's snowing, it's probably better for you. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, they, actually, they sure turnout-wise. You know, but we played there, um, you know, we played there in December, and it was cool. And uh, like I said, we'll be there this Saturday night, 7 o'clock. We'll be there on Monday, February 19th, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, a Monday gig. And uh, so we're hoping to get some people out there, check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's one of the venues, too, that I really like because we really mix it up, uh-huh. you know. And, like, there's some gigs we play that it is more mellower, more traditional polka, and the audience could care less about if we, I can play, like, all along the Watchtower on recording. They don't want to. <laughs> you know, so we try to, when we go to play somewhere, we try to be respectable, like, who we're playing for. Right. You know, ideally, I love the gigs where I can play it all. Right. You know, and Tap Room 46 is one of those gigs. You know, you can go there and you can mix it up. We'll do some rock and roll. We did some, you know, Beatles and, you know, who knows what else we come up with. Hendrix and, uh, you know, it's fun country, some rock, other rock, you know, polka, of course. That's what we got to let everybody know. It's not your average right. polka band. Yeah, and, and, and that's a venue where we will mix it up. Right. You know, I think last time we played a song from The Who when we were there. And uh, it's, it's fun because musically I can, you know, two different things and that that's what makes it fun it keeps it fresh mm-hmm. you know it's not to say i don't like the other gigs because i do i mean i appreciate any place we get to play people that like us you know and if it like an example of a mellower gig toward the end of february the 24th we're playing at the utica manicor and that's their fashing nights kind of like a mardi gras party that's a mellower gig yeah i mean very o- mellow older audience older audience yeah. laid back um you know, not really going to mix the, you know, you'd be lucky if you hear a rock song that night, uh-huh. you know, and, and that's cool. That's what they like. It's all right. It's cool. Right. It's, a, it's a different um, Still vibe. A good time, it's a different yeah. vibe. Yeah. It's getting to play, you know, with guys I love to play with. So it's still fun. And you're still and, entertaining uh, the masses. Yeah. But for me personally, I like the gigs where it's over the top, big product. I like, I wish, everybody wishes, but I wish like when I can do gigs, we play down in um, Long Island. For there was some Oktoberfest, Platt Deutsch Park. We play, we play at Martina Cock Lodge, Oktoberfest, big two day Oktoberfest, um, Oyster Bay there. And then, uh, like down in um, Capitol Ale House in Fredericksburg, Virginia, in Richmond, Virginia, those gigs are like my favorites because they've got, you know, big production over the top. You know, there's bikers there, there's people there in their 80s, but they're still like, <laughs> you know so we can really play the whole gamut you know when we played there like we played neil young you know so when we can really cut loose like that those are my favorite gigs yeah you know so. and they're all over the place too well pretty much northeast though right? yeah, yeah northeast because i know much. you go out to like cleveland and ohio yeah we and go all. out to ohio you know we played there quite a few times in cleveland uh-huh. that's always a fun time and uh the furthest south we ever played was georgia you know, we played in South Carolina a couple of years ago, but we've been going to Virginia the last few years. Capital Ale House has been really, really good to us. You know, they treat us incredibly. You know, I'm I'm really fortunate that they found us and started bringing us down there to play. And their their crowds are nuts. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, you know, and like Fredericksburg, <laughs> day, 6,500 people. Well, you guys have been known to get a little nuts yourself. So. Well, <laughs> and you get you feed off the audience too. Uh-huh. You know, and I always say like those gigs, like man, I wish every gig could be like that. Cause I, you know, and I, then when I go to see other, when I see bands play like these national bands and they're playing for 30, 40, 50, 60,000 people, I'm like, I can't imagine. Like, I know what it was like playing in front of 6,500. I felt like, I don't know what you want to say. Incredible. Okay. Right. And for them to play in crowds that are like 10 times that size, I'm like, man, that's gotta be something. Or you watch Iron Maiden, they're mm-hmm. playing like over in Spain, they got over a hundred thousand people. Like and I'm nuts. just like, wow. 
Yeah. That's to crazy. have that audience just feeding off from what you're oh, I, I couldn't imagine. Like that. Woodstock 99. You're like yeah. 400,000 people in Nuts. attendance, but like probably about a good 200. Like like when you've seen Metallica, like 200 people were watching, 200,000. Yeah. That's just, you know, that's I just can't imagine. Probably that. wouldn't be able to sleep for days after that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, I, and I get pumped up at those gigs. Oh, like, absolutely. Wow, it's so awesome. Yeah. You know, the feeling you have from. You know, and people are, you know, and the funny thing, like last year we played there for the second, the second year in a row in Fredericksburg. And uh, it's funny because we had people requesting, they must have came the year previous, because they were hollering out, Watchtower, Watchtower, <laughs> they wanted, you know, and they knew we played it. So, of course, we did. The place went nuts. And uh, yeah, those gigs, I tell you, they're, they're a lot of fun. Everybody who's out there listening right now, go search Fritz's Polka Band and search all along the Watchtower and watch this ripping video of those guys putting that song Yeah, the version together. that's, that's on our website's from 2014, and that was at Oktoberfest up at Adirondack Brew Pub in uh, Lake George. Okay. And, uh, and, again, it's a bootleg video, so, I mean, the audio is not the fantastic yeah, but it version, rips. but it's fun. Yeah. You know, and you see at the end, the crowd's really into it. It's like, yeah, it's, you know, I'm just lucky I get to get to do that stuff, you know, because it's so no, much fun. There's no better feeling in the world, though, than when you're feeding off the crowd and the crowd's feeding off to you and the energy's yeah, going back and forth. absolutely. Better than sax. It's yeah, better than any drug the, the, the or gig, anything out the there. The gigs are just, you know, that the audiences you get like that. And in you know, honesty, we don't get them that often like that. Those gigs are like one of a kind, mm-hmm. you know. So when we do play those, man, it's just it's phenomenal. Really is right on, man. You know the other thing we need to talk about too is he has a couple songs on Breaking Bad. Yeah, I know. Couple songs. Yeah, yeah. In uh, season four, um, the first episode we were in was episode. I think it's it's Hermanos. That's the episode, and it was audio only. Uh-huh. So there was like a scene when Hector, the character, was in the nursing home, and you hear in the background this grandparents polka playing. Mm-hmm. That's my band playing, and then um, the the really I mean, that's cool, and that was fun, and, you know, that was a good thing. But then at the season finale, face-off episode, which that originally, that was supposed to be the end of the series. Uh And then they ended up doing it one more year. But the season finale of season four, the face-off episode, when they go into Hector's room, Hector's watching TV. This is, and I know there's people still watching it out there, binge-watching, so I don't want to ruin any endings, but it's one of the most climatic it's been out Caesar's for years. Finales. Yeah, you can ruin it. It's been out for a while. You can yeah. ruin yeah, it. Yeah, no, right. 2011. <laughs> but just before Hector detonates the IED, he's watching my band on TV. And mm-hmm. if you look at that episode, you can see our band on TV. That's awesome. That he's watching. And the coolest thing is, coolest thing for me is, the footage they used was from my dad's last gig before he passed away. Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah. So when I watch it, it means even more to me than that it's on Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that it's my dad's last gig he ever played, and there he is, you know, with the That's AMC so cool. logo in the corner of the TV, you know. And, uh, yeah, that was, he beat that about six weeks after that was filmed. You know, so that was pretty that was pretty special. You know, so, yeah, being on Breaking Bad, that was, we were almost in an episode of Better Call Saul. Really? Because they had the same, I think the same producers or something. Yeah, same producers. But, uh, they ended up they were looking for an instrumental song and um they ended up not using it though because in the scene they were going to use it they decided not to have any music so you know it didn't make it in there otherwise we would have had a placement and better call Saul. but still that's all good late. you know we're still you know i'm hoping something like that comes along again because you know and it's good to have in your resume you know what i mean that well yeah it's it it was neat that you know 
they wanted us. I mean, because you think of all the bands that are out there. Right. Oh, not just like polka bands, like all these just different bands. Bands in general. In you know, how did they, they hear of you guys? In us. The, actually, the promoter that we did the Buffalo show for, he's the one that called me about it. Oh yeah. And because uh, that Buffalo show never came to light, because the promoter and I think it was RFD Network, some some contractual squabble. I don't know what happened in none of my business, but anyhow, it didn't air. So he called me one day and he said, hey, I know, uh, you know, we kind of wish that show had aired and everything. He goes, I'd like to try to make it up to you. I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking he's going to say, I'll give you a DVD. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he goes, would you be interested in having your a song of yours be on a TV show? I'm like, yeah. Okay, well, here's who you need to call. So, okay. And I called and I, and I forgot. Now, in my mind, my memory, I can't remember who it was. I got it wrote down at home. But anyhow, I called whoever it was and. You know, you don't get the person you're calling. You get their gatekeeper, secretary, whoever. And right away, they're kind of like, well, who's calling? You know, just kind of who's calling, you know, kind of giving you the stonewall. And I said, well, you know, I'm rich, you know, I'm expecting my call about, you know, breaking the show and stuff. Oh, she's awaiting your call. Just like that, she did a 180 (laughs) and was as nice as could be. Transferred me through and got talking with her and everything and. Boom, first thing that started the process, you know, get sending the music, you know, copyright clearance. And I had to talk with attorneys and all that because, you know, they're just not going to broadcast my song because I said it's copyrighted. They're right. going to do all their research, make sure there's no legal issues. And, you know, so it's quite a process, you know, and it's pretty intensive, actually. But uh, gosh, that was fun. Did you get a check for that? Yeah. Yeah. The band got That's paid. Cool. And the cool thing is, you know, after they did that episode, then. You know, before that one aired, she goes, called, we talked again, and she's like, would you be interested in having another song on the show? I'm like, you have as many songs on this show as you want, you know, the way you're treating us. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and at the time, it's like, we had no idea where it was going to be in the show. So, like, when we watched it live, we, my family and friends and whatnot, I had people sending me, when are you going to be on? When are you? It's like, I don't know. I, and I wasn't being, like, put offish. I was just like, I honestly did not know where it was going to be in the show. Until I saw it myself. Were you watching the show? Yeah. Oh, you. I mean, beforehand, no, before they no, even asked I for your song. I, no. I, I really wasn't watching that show. Yeah. You know, and actually, I don't watch a lot of TV. Kind of boring, you know. I mean, I got a few shows I like, but I just wasn't watching. And then uh-huh. I started watching. I'm like, wow, this show's messed up. Intense, <laughs> right? Oh, that's yeah, intense. Exactly. It is. You know, so I was like, <clears throat> wow, this is pretty cool. And I did some more research. I'm like, wow, this show's got awesome ratings. They want my band's music? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is great. Take it. Yeah, this is great. So, yeah, and then, uh, you know, that was it was a fun moment in our history. Yeah. You know? And the other one that was, any like, close to that was in 2003, actually, when uh, we actually went down to Nyack, New York, to do a, a song for what ended up being, you know, they did the Manchurian Candidate. They remake that movie. It had uh, Lee Schreiber, Denzel Washington in it, and uh, some other folks. And uh, they remade The Manchurian Candidate. That was an old Sinatra movie from, like, the 60s, I think. And they redid it. Paramount Pictures did. And they wanted my band to be playing at what was to be a campaign rally. So it took place in Nyack, New York, in the park. But before we even got there, the cool thing was they put us up in Manhattan the night before nicest hotel i've ever stayed in yeah right i mean we each got our own room but the, the guys that ran the elevator they were like in tuxedos with white gloves 
Wow. And I was like, wow, this place is pretty cool. Glad I'm not paying for the room. <laughs> <laughs> and they put us up there. Then he brought us up to Nyack the next day, and we filmed the scene. Leave Schreiber was in that scene, and he was a nice guy. Ray Donovan? That, that, that actor. Right yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, was a, he was really cool to us. So it's like we're, you know, on set. We waited all day to play. We didn't know when our time was. And we had, you know, hung out all day. And fun, they had catering come in. You know, the food truck was from California. I'm thinking to myself, man, how much money do they have when they make these movies? Right, thinking, right. You think of Nyack, right? All right. the food vendors there must be. And here is a food truck from California. Was they on like, the road with them or something? I don't know. Must have been. I don't know. But anyhow, so we ate all day. Hung out with, you know, <laughs> some of the extras. Yeah. You know, and uh, hung out in there. We ate, you know. And then it was time. It was okay to the set. All right, off we go. You know, we went, had our gear set up. And uh, it's like a campaign rally, just like you see, you know, around here anywhere. You know, people out in the crowd with signs and everything. And it was meant to be a presidential rally. Wow. And Lee Schreiber was in the scene. And uh, he goes, hey, I'd give it up for Fritz's Polka Band. And, uh, and we, we, you know, we played the song they wanted us to a couple times, I think. And we didn't know if it was going to be in the movie or not until fast forward to, you know, summer of 2004 when it came out didn't make it in the movie that scene got cut uh, but we're on the deleted we're on the deleted scene of the dvd so if you go get that dvd and go to uh, campaign trail montage you can see us doing our scene in nyack and uh, if you listen to the audio commentary from the directors the reason why they got cut out of the movie because if they would have had that in the movie they felt it would have took away from denzel's character too long because he wasn't in that scene lee schreiber was so they you know it was like a flashback scene to the campaign rally and you At know. least you got to experience all that, though. Yeah, How cool. Was, that yeah. was the first time, so yeah, it was really was, cool. It was really neat. It's like, oh, I wish more of those opportunities come along because uh, it's just so much fun. It's a rush, it yeah. really is. Right. You know, I mean, it's a different type of rush from playing on stage because this is more like structured and caught tape, you know, and all this stuff. It's just different. That's a, you've had a lot of good things happen to you in your career. Give me a good on stage pinch me moment. Pinch me moment on stage. I mean, that's a, those are pretty good offstage yeah. pinch me moments. You know, on stage, I, I mean, I mean when, when we played at BB King's Club in Manhattan in uh, December 2003, that was uh, <clears throat> that was pretty special too, because Glenn Burtnick, who used to be the bassist in Sticks, he he called me and said, you know, he's doing his Christmas extravaganza, Xmas extravaganza. He does it's a fundraiser benefit, you know, different you know, like that food bank in New Jersey, for example, or whatever. And uh, he had us come down there and, and we played. But before the show, you know, we're hanging out at BB King's Club. You know, and all these, these different musicians there. And Glenn, of course, and uh, Willie Niles there, and uh, Marshall Crenshaw. And my brother-in-law, Gabe, who's my bass player, he, he knew on Marshall Crenshaw's music for quite a few years. So it's like, well, he was really happy that he was there. You know, Billy J. Kramer. There's so many different personalities. And there's Anthony Smith. I got to meet her. And, uh, you know, so that was pretty neat to be there. And Steve Jerry, who at the time was the lead singer of Journey, he was there too. And uh, so we met all them. And we got up on stage, and Glenn introduced us, and we rocked the house. You know, we played our song, and the place went nuts. And that was awesome, you know. And uh, so the next year came, and uh, they did the same event in New Jersey. So we went down and we did it again. And that year, to make things a little different, toward the end of our song, Glenn came out, plugged his guitar in, and played the last, you know, however much of the song with us, Very which cool. was pretty cool. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, 
in July of 2003, on I think it was my wife's and I, our anniversary, when we went to Albany and we saw Journey, Styx, and I think REO Speedwagon. You know, so it was like, wow, five months after seeing Glenn running around the Times Union, you know, we were there in, you know, B.B. King's Club. Wow, crazy. That's really cool. Playing his production. And uh, at the end of the night, <clears throat> got to go up on stage when they did. They, they closed with uh, John Lennon, too. And the war's over, you know, Happy Christmas. Mm -hmm. You know, I went out there with my accordion. And, you know, Steve uh, Jerry's there next to me. And I'm thinking, you know, I saw him on stage in July in Albany, you know, <laughs> and I'm a huge fan. And here he is next to me, nicest guy in the world. You know, you would if you didn't know who he was, you would have had no idea he was in a band as big as Journey. Yeah. For real, because just down to earth, mm -hmm. you know. And that's why I like people that are, I, I really like people that are down to earth, because you know it's like over the years I've met some really cool people, whether it was an actor or a musician or whatever, and there's ones that are just so down to earth, mm -hmm. you know. And sometimes you meet some real jerks. Yeah, absolutely, you, you I know? agree there. And and the funny thing is, some people I've met are jerks. They're not even like at the same level right. as some of these other folks. That were as nice as could be. It's like, I don't get it. It's like when we met uh, Joey Belladonna. Yeah. Like, this guy, I handed my camera, right, because uh, his girlfriend, Tori, and our friend Karen wanted to get a picture with him. Right. So I, I handed, I'm like, hey, <laughs> you mind taking a picture? And I handed him the camera like I was going to make him take a picture of us. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. And I'm like, this guy is, like, part of the big four. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And he was just so cool. Like, <laughs> talked to everybody, took pictures with everybody. I'm like, I love seeing that. I got a Joey story for you. Do you? Cool one, of course you do, because because <laughs> his band Chief Bigway, yeah, that's what as you know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. they play in Cheryl, you know, in the summer concert series. My band plays in Cheryl, right in the summer park. Con there. Yeah, in the yeah. park, beautiful park, mm -hmm. by the way. And uh, so the last year, two years ago, maybe two years ago, we had the dates all set, and all of a sudden, the guy that booked us one day called me, and he goes, "Hey, he goes, I got a favor to ask." I'm like, all right. He goes, well, you know, Joey's band, Big Chief Big Roy, they're going to be playing. I'm like, uh-huh. And he goes, the date we had for them, he's going to be gone with Anthrax. And the only date he's got open that he could make his band play, have his band play, is a date that I already booked you. Would you mind switching dates with him so he could play here and you guys could play here? It's just, I'm like, yeah, no problem. We'll move the date. That's cool, you know. Well, then, uh, so we did, and when my band went and played then on the rescheduled date, the guy that booked us goes, hey, I got something for you from Joey. Little thank you for um, switching, you know, switching your schedule. I'm like, oh, you didn't have to do anything. I mean, it's no big deal, you know? People work together. And uh, so it was an Anthrax record on vinyl, and awesome. he autographed it to Fritz, you know, rock on or something. That's Joey really cool. I just thought that was so cool. That you is know? really cool. And, uh, and like you said, I mean, he's in the Anthrax, and you see they play the Big Four in Yankee Stadium, you know, right. and he's over. That's another thing. You talk about nice guys because he goes and he goes and plays in Cheryl. Right. And he says, you know, music's good. Whether I'm playing for a couple hundred people or, you know, 20, 30, however many thousands, you know, he, he delivers. And he's excellent because he plays drums and sings. And oh, sings. yeah. Talented. He's got a great voice. You ever hear him? He, he does, like, Journey, Don't Stop Believing and yeah. stuff. He's amazing. Well, he blew me away when he was playing Ronnie James Dio and playing the drums at the same time. Oh, Dude, I would like to see that. Heaven in Hell, it was unbelievable. Oh, he did that? Did Heaven in Hell. Yeah. And he's playing the drums at the same time. It was yeah. incredible. What that, an amazing That's an artist I wish I would have seen, you know. RGD. Ronnie James yeah. Dio. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. You know, and the thing is, you know, 
luckily, I mean, I've seen a lot of bands over the years, and I'm blessed because I've probably seen a lot more bands than some people see in their life. But the thing is, I look back on some of the shows that I missed. I mean, I'll be honest. When I first started playing, the only thing I knew was polka, okay? And then, like, I think I was in fifth or sixth grade, and then Charlie Daniels did the double one down to Georgia. I'm like, wow, that's cool, okay? Then, you know, slowly I started hearing more music. And as a Journey fan, I still am. They're still, you know, my favorite band. But um, just over the years, I was really had a narrow focus. I like Journey. All right? And I I could have saw, I should have seen Stevie Ray Vaughan. I look back right. now because I'm a huge Stevie Ray Vaughan fan. I got a lot of these live recordings, DVDs and whatnot. And I'm thinking, why did I, why wasn't I smart enough to go see him back then? And you look at all the times he zigzagged through our area. I mean, he's at Cornell University, Colgate University, Coleman's in Rome. Wow. Remember when Coleman's, he played there. (laughs) You know, and I'm thinking, he played at Jamesville Grove, I think. You know, and I was like, oh, man, that's an artist. It would have been cool to see. He never forget where he came from, too. No. That's the cool thing. So the more I read, you know, read about him and whatnot, it's like, wow, I wish I would have saw him. And then Ronnie James Dio. Mm -hmm. And and the other thing is that I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but back when I worked in Albany, I think it was like 2007. I'm not 100% sure on the date, but I'm guessing 2007, 2006. One night I'm leaving work at the comptroller's office, and I walk right by Times Union Center. And there's all these people walking around in black. And I'm like, oh, there must be a show tonight, mm-hmm. you know. And heaven and hell. Who's heaven and hell? <laughs> Whatever. Got my card, went home. And fast forward, I don't know how many months after that, one night I'm home watching TV, nothing on. So I'm channel surfing. And uh, I think maybe like VH1 Classic or something. It come up. Oh, Heaven and Hell. At first it come up. And I saw it's like Heaven and Hell. Yeah, I don't know. But I saw Ronnie James Dio. I recognized who he was, even though I didn't. No, I, the only thing I think I knew he did was Holy Diver. Uh, <laughs> you know? Okay. So I'll send his Ronnie James Dio in there. And they're playing. I stop. And I put the remote down. I'm watching. I'm like, wow, this is good. And then it's like, oh, we'll come back to whatever. It was recorded. The one in New York City. Heaven and Hell. I'm like. Oh, that's the band that played in Albany. I could have went and saw them, you know. And I'm thinking, man. And Fritz, I end up it's Black this... Sabbath, Fritz. <laughs> right, right. I know, I know. But it's just, I wish I would have known that then, because then I became a big fan of what he did. And yeah. having a hell, I got the DVD of that. It's just phenomenal. Amazing. And he had his voice right up till the end. Yeah. You know, and he had cancer, and you know, and the other thing is part of um. Like I was telling you before, to, to, we went on live, you know, in the last few years I had some exhaustion issues, you know, I think of pushing stuff too much, you know, and uh, I had stress tests done, different things, and knock on wood, you know, okay, but, you know, I need to slow down, doctor told me different things, you know, that, you know, you're not in your 20s. You know, you need, you know, you got to take care of yourself. And um, so anyhow. Don't you hate that conversation? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too. You know, but it spooked me enough, I guess, to all of a sudden it feel good and, you know, I was worried something was wrong and. Um, then I was having like reflux issues and all that. And, uh, after, and it wasn't getting better. I said, well, you should do a scope. And me, I'm, I'm big chicken. All right. I'm big I chicken hate too. needles. <laughs> <laughs> I hate needles, all this stuff. And, uh, you got to do get a scope. I'm like, oh man, I'm not too keen on that, but I'm like myself. Well, you know what? It'd probably better to do it. Cause God forbid there is an issue they can address it. And I remember when I read up about Ronnie James Dio, thought he probably could have been saved. Right. Mm-hmm. If he would have had his stuff checked earlier on, they probably could have identified it. But yeah. he put it off and put it off. And then also when they did find the stuff inside, it was too late. So I'm telling myself in the back of the head, you know what? 
could have saved Ronnie James deal. I'm going to go get it done. And, you know, I got scope and, you know, but anyhow, um, I wish, I wish I would have saw him. Yeah. Amazing talent. And, you go, and the thing is, you go back farther. Like my, again, my brother-in-law, Gabe, um, he remembers going to see Ronnie, when it was Ronnie, I think Ronnie deal was the elves, or the prophets, the elves, you know, yeah. stuff. They played in Rome at some uh -huh. of the Italian clubs, you know, and they did different style of music back then. But if you go back and watch some of them old archives and listen to that stuff, it's like, whether he was singing, like, it really wasn't doo-wop. I don't know what you called the music back then, the style, you know. But whether he was doing that style or he fast-forwarded when he was doing his metal, mm -hmm. man, his, his voice went to whatever genre he was playing for. Mm -hmm. sounded phenomenal. I mean, what a talent. There, there are certain guys out there. Like, I, I look at um, <laughs> Mike Patton from Faith No More. Mm -hmm. I mean, he could get, like, real screaming loud, get real smooth, do, uh, you know, uh, easy, like, Sunday morning, and then he'll sing opera. Wow. And you're like, this guy's all <clears throat> over the place. And, and there's certain talents out there. In, in yeah. Like uh, Bruce Dickinson in from, from Maiden. Yeah. You know? And he yeah. can fly a plane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That Flight 666 movie is something else. Yeah, it is. Mike and I, Mike, my drummer, went and, and I went and saw Maiden last summer in Brooklyn. Oh, how was that? That was a great show. Yeah. High energy. And at their age, they're still doing it at a high level. That's, that, that's the thing. People don't realize. Some of these, some yeah. of these guys are in their 60s and stuff. Bruce is pretty almost you 60. Know? I want to say he's about 59, 60. Maybe yeah. somewhere around. sounded great. And he's still running around the like he's 22. The only that show is it was way too hot. I mean, almost sick. It was in July. Uh -huh. and it was almost sickening hot in there. But you found out after, he has it like that, I guess. Bruce does. That's one of he requires, wants it, needs it to be hotter. I don't know if it's his throat or, you know, what it is. I mean, I know he went oh. through cancer and stuff, so yeah. I don't know, but it was really hot in there. But uh, Iron Maiden put on a great show. And, oh. I mean, I'm not a huge Maiden fan. I, and of the songs they did, I think they did 15 songs, I probably knew half. Yeah. I didn't know them all. But I'm just like, you know what? It's a piece of history yeah. I want to go see. Exactly. Absolutely. You know, and that's how it was like when I saw the Rolling Stones in 98. At the time, funny thing is, my wife and I were debating, do we want to spend $50 on a ticket? Because that was the most expensive show we had ever gone to. And I was like, well, you know what? How long are they going to be around? It's 1998. Right. They're getting up there. What do I know? And it's a, But my justification was you're buying a piece of music history. Yeah. So even though I didn't know all the songs they played. And, so, and then the thing is, they blew me away. I'm like, well, after they got done, I, I knew why they charged $50. They played right. like two hours and 20 minutes. Okay. No, it was amazing. And they put, <laughs> they put the fate, put the, you know, Put to shame some of the other bands that are younger, mm -hmm. and that's one of the things too. When I, <clears throat> one of my things with concerts, I love to go see bands, but I really want the headliner, play like right. a headliner, play a full show. I just seen Seeger for seventy-two years old put on a three-hour show. There you go. I'm like, this is you know. this is what a headliner does, right? Well, I took my whole family to see Bruce Springsteen at Vernon Downs. Oh, good show. And at the time, I think tickets were 104. There's four of us. And you do the math, right? But I'm like, you know what? It's a piece of history. He's in our backyard. We'll go. Oh, my God, blew me away. Three hours and 37 minutes. You know, and he just kept going. And I told my, and my wife, I go, there's bands of guys that are like 20 years younger. You're lucky if you can get them to play 80 minutes. Now, Poison, I like the band Poison. I've been a Poison fan for I don't know how many years. You know, I like that hair metal stuff still. You know, yeah. the 80s music. Give me my Poison, Motley Crue, Bon Jovi, and, you know, I'm happy. Oh, Motley but, Crue live is terrible. <laughs> but the thing is... <laughs> Poison, they, they put on a great show. It's just too short. Too short. I went last summer, Mike and I went and saw them last summer down in Albany. They put on a great show. But it, but only it was, was like an hour. 72 minutes right. or something. And, I'm, you know, again, they sounded great. They, you know, they put on a great show. The musicianship's phenomenal. You know, and they sold how many million records? I get it. 
but that's the only beef I could find was it was just too short of a show. Well, let me tell you, Brett Michaels is the most professional musician on earth. Yeah. He sits there, shakes everybody's hands. Well, that's, uh, you know, he keeps, every woman. I know he keeps his word because. He's a great uh, human being, man. I will never, ever say a bad word about yeah. that man. After working with him, I've worked with him before, and he's just super cool. Well, I liked he's when he did. Cool. Remember when he was supposed to play in Syracuse a few years ago with his solo band? Yeah. And something happened with the contract, whatever happened. Right. He didn't play. Well, my friend's band was supposed to open for him. Mm-hmm. Well, Brett told him, next time I'm in the area of my band, you can open up for me. Well, and he came around, like, as a year later, he kept his word when he played at Turning Stone. My buddy's band, he kept his word. You know what I mean? So that's really cool, because there's a lot of people in that business that don't keep their word. They don't give a shit. They don't. And he could have easily said, well, I was out of my hands. Yeah. No, he he kept his word. Maybe the, so it's like, a, you know, they come around. I like to go see them. It's just the only thing that felt the show is too short, but they put on a great show. Mm-hmm. You know, just they, they did really, they bring, you know, they, they respect where they came from, too. Yeah. That's Tesla what I love put, about open them. form. Tesla sounded great. They're another band that's yeah. super cool down there. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I've been fortunate enough to meet Tesla a few times. And uh, when they played at Turning Stone in 2009, Brian Wheat, their bass player, he wore his Fritz's Polka Band shirt on stage. <laughs> so if you go back and watch footage, he's, it's, it's the, back when Jägermeister was my sponsor, they made up a bunch of shirts. But the Jäger logo and the Fritz's Polka Band logo on it. And uh, we hung out with them before the show. And, uh, you know, and they, they'd spent like 15 minutes with Mike and I. We just It was like they were really cool and down to earth. And then when it come time for the show, <clears throat> all of a sudden they come out like, He's wearing our shirt. He's got his Fritz's Polka Band shirt on. And <laughs> cool people around us were like, that's so cool, you know? So, uh, yeah, I've, like I said, I've been a Tesla fan a long time. Me too. And uh, they they put on a great show as well. And, you know, there's a lot of them bands that, you know, I still like to go see them every time they're There's around. The third show I've been to. Was Tesla? Tesla and, uh, it was Tesla and uh, ZZ Top. That's a good double band. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I've never seen dome. ZZ Top. Me neither. They're not on my bucket list, too. Seen them yeah. twice actually. Great show. They're they put on an excellent list. show. Really? When they get a whole set, I mean, they they can bring out the old car. They they brought a motorcycle right on stage. I mean, wow. they, they just had so much going on. It was awesome. Oh wow! No, I never saw them. Fritz, we got our buddy checking in. Our boy from the Bomb Squad, Mike's checking in. And says, oh man! He I says look, you're I the man. Seen him in a long time. And then he said he loved jamming with you. You guys had a jam session before? Yeah. Well, yeah. See, like he. Sat in and sang with my band at Whitesboro Park a few years ago. We did old time rock and roll. Nice. So Mike brought the house down with his version of singing it, you know, which was really cool. And uh, but the neat thing is, like, he had me come up and play accordion with the bomb a few times at the Verona Field Days. So the one time I played with him, we did uh, Crazy Train from Ozzy Osbourne, <clears throat> which that was fun. And we did Helter the other year. We did Helter Skelter from oh, Motley Crue, which you know, and I was playing the the Helter Skelter. That is like being on stage with Crue, mm-hmm. man. That rendition and Motley Crue doesn't even play that in concert, and, which pisses me off because that's I one of my favorite Crue songs. I've yeah. heard him do it once in '98. I saw I, I heard Motley do it when they when they got back with after Tommy got out of jail, and they played at the Landmark Theater in Syracuse. And my wife and they played Helter Skelter in the encore. Oh man, that was cool. It seemed wow. like five times. I've always hoped they, yeah. they would play that, and they never. That had. was cool. But uh, so yeah, Mike had me come up and play that, you know. And he's always been cool about Helter Skelter on accordion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. We got that a few other fun. people checking in too. Tommy Borgia's checking in. Oh, Tommy Borgia. Jeez, yeah. there's a name too. Holy cow. 
uh, Raz says we're also live on RazRadioLive.com. Thank you, Raz. Raz. Hey, Thank you, cool. Raz. And Janelle's checking in from Philly. Go Eagles. Congratulations, Janelle. Philly, it's man. too bad what? you people of Philadelphia can't take care of your city, though. You're supposed to celebrate, not the riot. The thing is, what happens if they would have lost? Oh, they do this worse. if they win. <laughs> you know, it's like I feel bad because like some of the places we played, we played in Philly last year at Evil Genius Brew Company, beer company, and uh, and I sent them a note last night just saying, hey, congratulations, you know, on your team winning the Super Bowl. I think I'm thinking, well, I hope it's still there because I saw <laughs> what was going on. I mean, they had fires going and everything. Oh, crazy. It's crazy. Crazy. You know, it's like, wow, just, you know, be respectful, celebrate in style. You know, it's weird. Like, I was watching ESPN, like, oh, you know, it's nice and quiet here, and they're not showing any of that. And they're not even reporting any of that on ESPN. I've only seen it on, like, in, you know, like, social media. Yeah. It's so weird. It's like almost like they're trying to cover it up on ESPN or something. Oh, jeez. Uh, it's shame. too bad because, it, yeah. you know, celebrate in style, you know, have a beer and. Be friendly. You don't have to tip over cars. No. I, I don't, I just cars don't got tipped get over? it. Yeah, yeah, I, don't I don't get it. it. You know, I, don't, I, don't I don't understand the it. point. It's like you yeah. won. Celebrate. They, right. You know what? I don't know if the, the city actually had a planned celebration. Well, I think they're the normal victory parade. I think that's normal. Well, that normal victory couple parade, days after normally right. they do that. But I, you, if you're <laughs> smart as a city, you would have something already set up in case you win. So that way it's you got barricades up. You got a, a planned chaos, I guess. Yeah, it's you know too I mean? bad it did what it did. I don't know if people that hurt or not, but some of that looked brutal. There's people brutal. jumping off the awning of the Ritz Carlton. Do you it, see that? It just yeah. broke. It just yeah. fell. That's like, like, why are you jumping on that? What? <laughs> it's I don't not get safe. It. You know, I don't get it. That's not my kind of fun. You <laughs> know, same but, here. Yeah, teach your own, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Jeez. Philadelphia can't have nice things, I guess. Crazy. <laughs> Tommy Borges says his neighbors love him when he cranks Fritz's polka band on Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got smart neighbors then, Tommy. <laughs> Oh, man, that's cool. That's really cool. So, Fritz, this is the part of the show where I, it's time to ask the expert. Oh, boy. And you're the what ex- do you want me to ask you? You're the, no, no. <laughs> you're the expert in this situation because I had brought down something, which we're going to be using tomorrow for a little bit on Backtalk. Mind everybody, tomorrow, Backtalk, 11 a.m. with Tommy Drama. We're doing this a little bit tomorrow. We'll get into it a little bit. But it has to do, it's based around what I have right here. And that is... A red Solo cup. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. Actually, I'm going to switch it up over here. I'm going to go over over to Fritz's side for a second. Here. Uh-oh, what's going on here? Oh, he's got Looks something. Looks like he's got an accordion and he knows how to use it. I don't know how It to looks use like it. a record player. Like one of those old school record players. Like a 17-inch accordion. That's an accordion, baby. Oh, yeah. It's a sewing machine. So, wow. Wow, look at this thing. It looks right, so <laughs> wow, wow. It is. It's a 17-inch accordion. Wow. It's a 17-inch accordion. That right there was my grandfather's. Really? That was my grandfather. My grandfather was an amazing musician when That's when he was alive doing his thing, and he, that was my grandfather's. And wow. he taught my dad how to play, but my dad didn't like playing it. Really? So, okay, so, yeah, he didn't like playing it at all. Too many buttons. <laughs> there are. There are a lot. I mean, it's a it's fools, you know, because, I mean, you got your bases, you know. They're... So the buttons are the bass roots, right? Yeah. I, explain to the accordion. Let's go to the basics of, of the accordion. Accordion 101 here on EC Radio. <laughs> gotta, I have to get a little. Open it up a little so my fat hand can go in there. All right. All right. So. You right. got your bases here. You got your bases. So the base is the black, the black buttons, right? Well, the second row. Okay. You got your bass, which is, if you think about a bass guitar. Yeah. Do 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 do. 
That's your second row. Okay, gotcha. Okay, then you got your major. So if I'm doing like say a waltz beat, all right, that 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 hear that? So if you think of a rhythm guitar player, okay. Okay. It's like a timing thing. So then next to the majors, you got minor, which you know like some of the rock music gets in the minors, yep. and you got sevens, then diminished. And the first row is like counter bass. All right, so then that's a little smaller chord than I'm used to. That's a C scale. Gotcha. F. Now, what are you doing on the right hand, though? Right hand mimics the piano. Okay. <laughs> We're getting an accordion lesson. I've always wanted to get an accordion lesson, actually. Straps just a little too small. I don't think I've ever been this close to an accordion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've hung out with Rainbow before. I mean, with somebody who knows how to play one. Inch. When I say 17-inch, talking about the keyboard. Okay. Okay, this is more either for, like, somebody doesn't want to hurt their back, so you play it smaller. Because the ones I have are, like, 19, 19 and a half. Okay, what's the biggest so, you can have? That, that's around there. About 19? Like 19 and a half. Well, I shouldn't say that because there's uh, jazz accordions, and they have some extra keys on the bottom, so those make it longer. More keys, it's heavier, too. That's the other thing, you know. And so, and I'm starting to have some back problems. You talk about, you know, we're getting older or whatever. Um, physical things. I've had some back issues from playing. So sometimes I'll get out. I have an accordion, like 17 inch. That, and it's a little tougher to play because you had the same number of keys as a 19 inch accordion, uh -huh. but it's 17 inches. Same number of keys. So what's that mean? Keys got to be smaller. Well, if you're used to playing a certain size accordion and all of a sudden you go to make a chord on a 17 inch, well, these keys are all smaller. You got to pay more attention. You don't play the wrong keys. Uh -huh. You know? So, because, I mean, when I'm playing my normal accordions, I look around and I'm talking to people and I'm playing, you know, and I just, I can just go where I need it's to go. It's muscle memory. Yeah. yeah. And it becomes like a part of your body. Mm -hmm. Playing it so long. I mean, I've been, you know, I'll be 48 in May and uh, that'd be 42 years. Wow. Playing. 42 years. You know, so really, you don't think of it. Uh -huh. Has the technology in the accordion changed much or is yeah, it all pretty yeah, much it basically has, Because <clears throat> these have reeds in them. <clears throat> When the bells go in and out, the air goes through the reeds. This is this is, and I'm really, this is a real simplistic explanation. The air goes through the reeds. When I play a note, it lifts the pad up off from the reed block, right off the thing, and uh, the air goes through that reed and it makes that note play. That's why it's not playing right now because there's no air going through it. Uh -huh. As soon as I move the bellows, pushes the air through. Boom, you hear that reed. Ah, all right. So, so there's all again. This is a real simple explanation, but that's that's the gist of it. Well, now there's accordions. You, you don't even have to play them. They look electric accordions, and uh, Roland makes them, and it's different. I, I, one of my buddies actually has one. Is it lighter? And yeah, it's lighter because it doesn't have to have all the stuff in it. Uh -huh. But he says, but it's different too though, because if you're used to playing, and also you got to switch to, it, it's a change. But you know, the sound's there, the technology's there, so it's one of those things that you will use it, you know? But, yeah, this is, this is neat. Now, what I about the these buttons, the silver, these the big ones up above there, the... Yeah. Let's just change tones. Cha okay. See? Ah, okay. Same over here. Ah. Just change the 
with tones. Okay. You know, so you can mess around with them a little bit. And then if you put it through an amplifier, like I'll have effects. Um, <clears throat> now, how do you put that through an amplifier? Effect. Well, you can't. This one, yeah, well, this one doesn't no input, have a, right? a jack. Does it? Oh, it does have a jack. Does it have Look a jack? Yeah, it's got a jack. Ah. So volume and tone. I don't know where the mic would be in here. It might just be one because there's only one set of dials. Normally, you have bass and treble. So, uh, but yeah, you plug it in an amplifier. I like to use a foot switch it's, it's on my polytone amp. It's got tremolo. So, like, when I play certain songs, it's an effect that will go like that. You can change the speed of it. Yeah, yeah. My dad used to call it the funeral parlor effect, you know. <laughs> but I like to play it. So, like, some of my songs on the ending, I'll use it. Because, like, um, when we play along the Watchtower, the ending, I'll get, I can get feedback from it if I want. So, I'll get in front of the amplifier so it squeals, like, you know. Cause you gotta pay tribute to Jimmy Hendrix. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I, this, I, I, it's too small for you. <laughs> it is too, too small. But I, I could play it if the straps were bigger, because then I could hold it. You know. No, I can't even. Can't even get the right notes on here. Jeez. Fingers are too big. <laughs> can't hold it. Too small oh, for you. <laughs> Oh, this is cool. Can't believe it was your grandfather. That Did was you my grandfather. Did you play it at all? No. Oh, jeez. I always got scared to play it because it's too many buttons. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just, just stick bullshit. to playing guitar there's, and bass. There's so many on there, you don't have to... You could do it. You know yeah. I mean? If I could play it, you could play it. Right, right, you know right. right. I mean? so that's what I always tell people. Metallic for you, a little sad but true. <laughs> yeah, so your grandfather would be proud. Just a little sad but true on his accordion. Huh? No, he didn't like that crap. <laughs> he didn't like it. Well, uh, that, that's great, though. Yeah, and that, they never really taught me how to play. Because when I was a kid, I wanted to play drums. And, yeah. And that's all I wanted to do was play drums. I wanted to play keyboards, and I kicked myself in the ass for not learning. Right. And I should have. Yeah. But it's drums, and then I around over with the guitar. It, you get it, toying around with yeah. it. You know what I mean? The thing is, whatever, wherever you've kept it, You've kept it well, yeah. Because there's court, because it's not out of tune. Right. The air's still good. It doesn't stink. It stinks. It smells not, like my not, attic. <laughs> that thing reeks. Not bad though. Like no. not like a mold smell. More like a resin. Or musty. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I mean, that's you know, that's good. So some of the things that like, somebody's like, oh, I don't know how many times I've gone places and somebody's like, yeah, hey, I got an old accordion for you to check out. How many? How much you think it's worth? I'm like, well, what brand is it? I don't know what brand it is. Well, if it's not, you know, really these few brands, it's probably not worth much. Oh, it's an antique. It's got to be worth something. It's like, just because it's old doesn't mean it's worth something. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, there's old accordions that are junk. They're out of tune. Keys are, you know, busted on them or, you know, it doesn't, it just, it leaks bad. I mean, it, it can be fixed. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is how much you want to spend on fixing it. Right. You know, right. that's the other thing. But this, this is a nice shape. The other thing, it's made in Italy, you know, which is cool. Um... They don't make but, them like they used yeah, to. Yeah, pan accordion. <laughs> yeah, my my Excelsior accordions are like from the fifties. Yeah, you know. I think the that's thing from is, the 50s though, I do too. my my uh, the guy that fixes stuff for me always scolds me because uh, I play them a little too hard sometimes, uh -huh. and I'm breaking reeds. It's all that rock and roll, Fritz. Yeah, it's <laughs> some of the stuff, and I try, but I express my music. You know, that's the thing. You know, you're playing, you're into it, and everything, and sometimes I am a little too harsh, and I try not to be. I really like try not to be, but sometimes it happens. But they are older, you know. They're in, they're like mid fifties probably, but uh, you know they're fun to play. You ever brought an old one that you're about to junk and just smash it on stage? No, no, I've never done <laughs> no. that. No, the I've who never style? done that. <laughs> I often thought, you know, it'd be fun. cool. Like, man, if you had all kinds of money or old recordings that were bad for a dramatic effect, like you know, you could like set it. I always, I always liked Jimmy setting his guitar on fire. 
was yeah. that? Was that Monterey did that? I forget. Monterey Pop Festival, yeah. But you can hear you can hear the recording of it. He goes, "All right, I'm going to sacrifice something I really love for you people right now." And I hear the things. <laughs> it's just cool, you know. I'm like, "Oh, wouldn't that be cool to do that one accordion?" You know. But I'm like, "Yeah, I could see that going over good." But you know, it'd be funny. It would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Light the accordion up where we had a friend of ours that used to play around town a lot, and he'd bring this upright bass with him, and. Every night he would light this thing on fire. Oh. And he'd stand on top of it and play it while it was on fire. Yeah. He'd whip out a can of lighter fluid and just douse <laughs> it. And it wasn't the greatest of bass in the world. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. But he would get on it, light it on fire, do his thing, and, wow. and, and this thing would go. And he'd still be playing he'd it while it was on fire. He'd put it on top of the bar, mm-hmm. stand on top of it, light it on fire, and play at the same time. <laughs> it was oh, insane. Yeah, yeah. Nuts. I mean, Mike, Mike, our drummer, told us years ago, like different times he used to. Uh, yeah, I think where you do a drum solo, he light his guitar, or his drumsticks on fire. You know, <laughs> back in the floating Noah days. Yeah, back in the floating <laughs> Noah days, you do that. I'm like, oh man, I I couldn't imagine doing that and not getting burnt. But uh, one of the times, local <laughs> years ago, uh, my other before Mike was drummer, Rick was our drummer, and uh, we went out to see uh, <clears throat> a band in Sylvan Beach. His Bob Aquaviva, his band. He had a band playing. I forgot which band it was of his. But I said, oh, come on down. We'll be down. There. I, th- I don't know if it was Foles. I think it was Foles, but I'm not 100% sure. And I right, go down there. and You know, it's not a big crowd, but, you know, people are all around the beach. But this was indoors. And so we're there watching, and they're playing metal. And uh, all of a sudden, the, I, I don't know. I didn't know the guys in the band other than Bob. They go to get, they got an acoustic guitar. I'm like, oh, okay. And they're bringing it out. You know, I'm thinking, oh, it must be they're going to do a mellow song. And I've seen metal bands all of a sudden do something mellow. Right? No. You know what he did? Got out a freaking chainsaw and cut that thing in half. <laughs> cut it up. I'm, and we were, Rick and I are like, this is awesome. <laughs> I mean, in Sylvan Beach, New York, right? And the thing, but they, they brought it. You know, they put on a great show. And I was like, that was so cool. Yeah. Which band was that for his? I don't know. Mere I don't know which band. I don't think so. I think no. that was afterwards. Okay. Because this was, it was probably like maybe early 2000s. Okay. I'm guessing. Huh. But it was great. It was cool. Bob. Yeah, that was, I'll never forget that. It's like, wow, they're bringing it. <laughs> Take a chainsaw to the accordion, man. Yeah, that would be funny. Oh, my god! You'd be like the jackal of the polka. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'd be something. Right? Yeah, I'd have to be one of those at the certain gigs, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't see. <laughs> I could see, like, maybe, like, sparklers or something coming out of it. Oh, that's a good one. Pinwheel sparkles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you. Flames flying out of it. They're a cool instrument. They're pretty versatile. Mm-hmm. You know, they really are. Yeah. They're a lot of fun. You know, you see him different times. David Bryan, Bon Jovi, will use one every now and then. You know, and uh, my buddy Charlie plays in Bruce Springsteen's band. Because when Danny Federici died, um, Charlie got the gig. I mean, that was so cool. Because I, I played, uh, I don't I don't think it was, I don't know if it was B.B. King's Club. I think it was at B.B. King's Club where Charlie and I jammed backstage. And um, that was the first time we met. <clears throat> we just jammed. And uh, somewhere there's a video, and I can't find it. It's driving me nuts. And I've over the years, I have had computers crash, so it might have got lost on one of those computers. Somewhere there's me and Charlie jamming backstage, and my dad's there like he's directing us. He's watching, you know. I wish I could find it. But uh, And then you fast forward a few years after that one night. We're watching, I don't know if it's CMT or what station, and uh, <clears throat> they got a thing about Springsteen Seeger Sessions album, and they're nice. doing a special. And I'm kind of listening and still talking or whatever. And also I hear an accordion. I stop. I'm like, oh, I hear an accordion, right? And 
watching, watching, watching. All of a sudden, there's Charlie. I'm like, that's Charlie. I go, I jammed <laughs> with him in BB King's Club backstage. I'm like, holy cow, what a gig. He went out on tour with Springsteen. I'm like, wow. Wow. That's so that? cool. So funny thing is, so of course I had to buy the album when it came out because, hey, I know Charlie, right? And uh, by the way, I do love the album too. The musicianship is just phenomenal. And uh, so when they do pay me my money down, I'm listening. That's another thing. I do like, I, I really dissect music when I listen to me it. Me too. Which is, you know, I don't know why. It's just how I do it. You it's in your blood. You, yeah, it's right. Blood. And, and I'm listening to pay me my money down. And they're in the key of G. And they go to B flat. And anyhow, so I listen. I'm like, wow, I hear squeak. I go, the drum pedal squeaking. Right? So I sent I sent Charlie Charlie a text message or no I guess I think I emailed him back then. You can hear the drum pedal squeaking. Yeah, when he went to B flat. <laughs> so I said, hey Charlie, you know, buy your new CD is awesome. I love paying my money down. He does a cool solo on it. I go everything. I go. I noticed when you guys went to B flat though, you could hear the drum pedal squeaking. You know, he goes, wow, Fritz, you're like the only person that noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? So if some Bruce Springsteen can have that on his album, I don't have to worry if there's some miscellaneous sound on one of my CDs. You know what I mean? But I, and you go listen to it. If you got, you'll hear it. There's drum pedals squeaking, you know, and he just like, nobody else noticed that. <laughs> but anyhow, now we, my band loves to play, pay me my money down. It's a cool tune. Have you ever made the switch to playing keyboards or piano? Nah, or nah, I used to play like a little Casio organ just to break up on certain songs. I'd play like a part or something on it, but I don't even bring it now. Instead, I'll use the foot switch I'm, that I my dad used to use, and I'll use that in place of it, you know. And I just, it's just the left hand is not like the right hand for playing, you know. I'm used to playing the basses, uh-huh. you know. It's just a, it's a mindset thing. Gotcha. You know, yeah, I could play it's my like right this. hand, but I mean, I'd be delivering this like boom. I got you. Boom. You know, you're not going to hear me playing up on this one and playing down here. I just wouldn't be able to do it. I got you. You know, I when you switch, when you switch, actually, the bass becomes on the left hand, right? Different. Yeah. Right hand. But it would be, you know, I wish I could do something like that, but, you know, it's, I'm just not, right hand's capable for a piano or organ or something. On our recordings over the years, we have used different times Hammond B3 that was in the studio. I love Hammond organs. Yeah, I love the sound of a Leslie. <clears throat> yeah, Nothing you can't like beat it. it. Yeah, the those are warm oh, whipping the sound. <laughs> love that. Mm-hmm. They get the, yeah, you get that going and stuff. And but um, those are monsters to push around and oh, lug yeah, it around. It's like boom furniture. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, you know. But one of the bands I really like, uh, Benmont Tench, there, Tom Petty, when he has that Hammond sound there with the leslie speaker going and stuff it's pretty pretty amazing love that song do yeah. you play any other instruments nah, nah when just... i was in middle or high grade school i played french horn okay you know i did that <clears throat> and then like my daughters did when i got to middle school i gave that up and just stuck with the accordion but you know it's been fun over the years it's taken me to places i probably never would have played you know met some awesome people over the years from doing it you know um being you know few years back when we got inducted in the Syracuse Music Hall of Fame that yeah. was really you know that was pretty special you know I just wish my dad could have could have been there you know if it could have been a year sooner or two but it's happened for a reason what year know? was that <clears throat> we got inducted in 2010 2010 yeah the year after he passed away yeah but that was pretty neat we met some good people and made some good friendships from you know that whole group you know so it's really been good to us and uh 
you know, we're lucky to do what we do. Mm-hmm. Really, we're lucky to do and that. And for so long, too. Yeah, yeah, you know, and go different places, and you meet this one or that one, and, you know, it's just sometimes you meet people you don't realize who they are you know until afterwards you find wow that's a nice person wow look what they've done oh that guy won some grammys (laughs) you know it's really cool you know so it's all good man it's a blessed life right my friend yeah it's a lot of fun a lot of fun jason clifford's checking and he said uh what's up fritz hey jason man he's cool too you know he's a guy that listens to his metal and then so we gotta get we gotta get jason out to some of uh places where we cut loose a little bit because he's used to seeing jason would sometimes come out to our gigs like in new york mills and those are more mellower gigs right you know and kind of laid back you know about the edgish we get is maybe johnny cash when we play <laughs> in new york mills you know in plasky park but uh I tell you the ones you got coming up february 10th seven o'clock this saturday night the woods valley there that's going to be a good gig um the 17th of february we're going to be back at copper city brewing company Oh, nice. In Rome. And we first played there in October. Last year, they had Oktoberfest. And that place was nuts. I heard it they're packing was it packed. in. And we got a standing ovation. Nice. And it was like, this is cool. And the thing is, probably there was like 10 people we knew. The rest are all like people we'd never seen. So it was like a whole new audience checking us out. And the place was nuts. It really was. In a good way. Yeah, yeah. You know, not like Philadelphia nuts. <laughs> like, these people had their beer and they behaved themselves. But, which, by the way, their beer is awesome. And uh, <clears throat> Danny and his wife do a great job with that place. You know, we played there. And it was just an awesome Oktoberfest. And uh, then uh, this gig we've got coming up there on February 17th, they're calling it Febtoberfest. Because it's like the halfway point to Oktoberfest. Uh-huh. So they wanted to do something. So, and that'll be a smaller deal because obviously winter people aren't going to be hanging outdoors like they were in, in October. But, uh, <clears throat> so that'll be a fun gig. Hope people come out to that. And then, like I said, 19th, we'll be back at Woods Valley on that Monday afternoon. And uh, for folks that don't want the rockin' Fritz's Polka Band, then come on over to the Manicor on the 24th of February. That'll be a more mellower gig, kind of laid back and probably do some yodel in there even you know <laughs> yeah yodel. you can you yodel a little bit let me hear some yeah. yodel. i gotta have my i gotta be you got yeah. yeah i gotta be playing to with the band okay so i can do it you want a shot of jaeger or something no <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell you. i'm looking but, at your schedule though you are all over the place i mean definitely all over new york but you even go in the pennsylvania virginia yeah. you're in virginia a few times ohio like you are all and Plus, all over the state of New York, this is yeah, great. Yeah, we'll be in Pennsylvania again. Music Fest mm-hmm. is like an awesome gig, too, because, well, that that's the w- largest free festival in the United States. Where is that? And it's in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Music Fest. It's like a 10 or 11-day festival. Wow. wow. And I remember years ago, <clears throat> and this is like 90s probably, boy, I'd submit because I'd, wow, I'd love to play there. Nothing. And I kind of gave up on it, you know. And uh, so then fast forward to, I don't know, whenever, and we got contacted by them about playing at Oktoberfest. Yingling put it. It was a big sponsor. And, uh, yeah, so we went down, we played, met Dick Yingling, the the owner of Yingling Beer, nicest guy in the world. You know, you talk about nice people getting down to earth. And... uh, Yingling took a liking to us, and they've been good over the years, you know, promoting the band, 
sending us some goodies, you know, hoodies, things to wear off stage, and you know, and they've been pushing our band. And uh, so we've done that Oktoberfest. We've done. Then we got into Music Fest. Once we played their Oktoberfest, we got into Music Fest. Holy cow! You talk about a lot of people. So like over the course of this ten or eleven day festival, they have like a million people. It's crazy. And uh, so now this year will actually be our fourth year in a row playing, which you know I'm honestly surprised because they usually rotate the bands quite a bit. But uh, hey, we're glad they want us back. It'll be the fourth year in a row. Very cool. And uh, really looking forward to it because again i talk about big production and i think that's one of the reasons they like us down there because there's people in the audience in baby strollers there's people there 80 or 90 years old so you got this whole gamut of generations in the audience so you know i play the button box you know some of the older folks like that we play some you know on the watchtower some of the younger people dig that so we try to really mix it up when we're down there and uh, and this year we're going to mix up probably even a little more because uh we're actually um, special guests. Rocco Dorsey's going to be doing that gig with us on guitar because my guitarist, his youngest son, is getting married that weekend. So Frank can't do the gig, so Rocco's going to do the gig with us. And uh, so he's helped us out over the years. Ah, cool. And uh, he was just actually Rocco was just featured last month. His blog on uh, Gretsch on their website. Wow. They featured his. They did a let him do a guest blog because he loves Gretsch guitars. And uh, when he played out with us in Cleveland a few months ago, and uh, he was playing his Gretsch guitars, and uh, through social media, you know, Twitter and whatnot, uh, the folks at Gretsch really dug what they saw, you know, him doing with my band, and uh, <clears throat> so did a special blog for Gretsch. So it was pretty cool. So he'll be doing the Music Fest gig with us. So pretty exciting stuff. How many members have you been through? I feel like you've had a good core for the last bunch of years, right? Me and Gabe are the remaining originals. Yeah. Um, Frank, the guitarist, has been with the band since 91, 92, somewhere as long in there, 93. And uh, Mike started drumming with us in 2010, Mm full-time. You know, but prior to that, Rick had drummed with us for like 24 years, Mm -hmm. you know. And then uh, he was, you know, had his own business. And, uh, I mean, his business is really successful, and as a result, the business is more successful. There's not enough time to be playing all the places we're playing. So, uh, you know, he's going all around the world with his business. So it was really tough to be able to play the gigs. And, uh, but every last few years he's come out and done, done some gigs with us. You know, last year he come and did some gigs with us this coming year in July, he's going to do like a weekend of gigs with us, you know, for old time's sake. So, so that's pretty cool. But in totality, I honestly don't know how many members we've been over unless I actually went through and counted them. But, um, you know, I mean, when we first started, it was my dad and I, mm-hmm. Gabe, who's, like I said, still in the band. We had a trumpet player back in the day. You know, we had a trumpet player. So the sound was different. Because uh-huh. now, as you know, we got electric guitar. Yeah. So the band's evolved over the years. and uh, Beefed up the sound still, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. We, I mean, we miss, you know, one of the things we were known for for so long until my dad passed away is having two accordions. Because mm-hmm. you had that, you know, it, it made the sound pretty full because, you know, he could play lead and I could play harmony. Mm-hmm. So now he just got me an accordion. I can't play lead and harmony. You're like so, Iron Maiden of the polka world, uh, right? <laughs> you know, so we had to evolve. Uh-huh. You know, you have to adapt to the way things change. And uh, But we still try to honor my dad's legacy like at every gig because he wrote so many songs. So I always make a point of including some of the songs that he wrote. And, and I have my favorites, you know. So if I'm not careful, we'd be playing them like every gig. And sometimes I really have to discipline myself. Like, okay, we can't do polka time in the morning this gig. 
because that's just one of my songs that he wrote that I love. Funny thing is, he never really thought it was that hot of a song. And you, you love know, it. Again, you have your, yeah, I love it. Uh-huh. You know, and Grandparents Polk, of course, I love that because that's the one that's on Breaking Bad. Uh-huh. You know. Um, <clears throat> it's called but, Grandparents Polka? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got your favorites. And then and then the other thing is, <clears throat> as you know, from being in music, like recordings don't sell that well anymore. Right. Things have changed. I mean, I heard Best Buy is going to drop them all together, which sucks, I think. They're going to you know, drop selling CDs, music? Really? CD, yeah. Yeah. You know, in Target, you know, there's word that they might be changing things up. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and I hate it because I like the physical CD. And I'm, I'm always been of, uh, I've always been a laggard when it comes to things changing. I mean, when things went from vinyl to CDs, I was a laggard. You know, and now it's CDs, they're like downloading and stuff. And I mean, I, I know people download our stuff, and I'm grateful. And I wish more people would, like thousands of you, please download our music. But anyhow, um, so CDs are kind of you know, going by the wayside. But And we haven't done a CD since like 2013. And we have enough songs to do a CD. And that's that's kind of, it's kind of out there. You know, we got these songs. They're not recorded. I'd like to record them, but it costs money to record them. If people don't buy it. Because believe it or not, there's people, they'll come out to a gig, look at your CD. Oh, I don't know any of the songs. You got any that got like songs I know, like Beer Barrel Polka? No, I'm not <laughs> knocking Beer Barrel Polka because we do play it. And I get it. You know, everybody likes different things. But I'm like, how many versions of the beer barrel polka do you need? Right? Me, bands I like come out with a CD. I'm buying it. And guess what? Unless radio's playing it, I probably don't know the songs either. But guess what? That's how you learn these new songs. You mm-hmm. listen to them. You know? And I, of course, again, I realize not everybody's a fan like I am. You know? And I, and I appreciate anybody that buys whatever that we're selling. But it's just like, well, we put out original CD. I, it's like, it costs money if people are going to buy it. You know? I don't right. know. But part of me, like, we should do it. Because otherwise, those songs are never going to be brought to light. Well, nowadays, it's all about merchandise. It's not really yeah, so, and, and doing the shows. Yeah, I know. And selling know. merch at your shows. No one's really buying music like they used yeah, to. Well, do you have digital, like, I mean, like iTunes? Where yeah, you can. I mean, well, you can put stuff out now. You can get on Spotify. And CD Baby does distribution and everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but I, part of me would like to do another CD because maybe it'd be our last one. You know, I don't know. How many albums you, know, you guys got? Uh, we've done Total. 18 recordings 18? over the years. Yeah. You know, but like I said, there was a one stretcher and we were doing a CD every year. Uh-huh. 96, 97, 98, you know what I mean? And things have changed. I realize that. Um, but part of me would like to do one because we do have some other songs and some are real personal, you know? Like, yeah. You know, I, I used to write, I wrote a lot of songs and all of a sudden, you know, my dad died. Boom. I want years without writing a song. Mm-hmm. Just reached a dead end. Right. You know, and, and when he, and when, you know, once he died, you know, I almost stopped the band altogether. You know, and he died. You know, that took some uh, thought, I guess. You know, when he was sick and, you know, you knew he was going, that uh, he said, uh, you know, you got to keep the music going. And, man, that was tough. You know, that was tough. And then all of a sudden, the first song I wrote after he died ended up being one about him. And now it's probably one of my favorite songs. That I think it's probably the best song I've ever written. You know, but it's also one of the challenging ones to sing and not get choked up, too. Yeah, I bet. So, so we'll see. Maybe... We'll do a CD sometime. Or just record a single here and there. Yeah. I feel like that's what a lot of bands are doing, just recording one yeah. song. And then I think about it, I might just say, you know what? Let's do a CD. We're going to lose money, but we'll have all these songs, and people that do buy it will enjoy it. And you then there's part of me that's thinking, too. yeah, and you have it for yourself. You know, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Great Christmas gifts. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, it's yeah. good to document those songs, though, too. That's, right? that's keep what them down I'm thinking, and, you know. And it's part of your legacy, my friend. Yeah. You know? That's that's them kind of thinking it'd be neat to do. Because, like I said, some of them are really personal. And there's some that would be, uh, 
the last song my dad wrote too. Mm-hmm. One called Fred's Polka. You know, after he passed away, and I went time without playing. And then, you know, we always just record songs on cassettes because then we didn't want to forget we were writing songs, so we record them on a cassette. And sometime after he'd passed away, one night, I get the cassette player out and I hit play. I'm listening to it and I'm crying, you know. And I'm like, man, I don't remember that song. But he'd wrote a song and I never knew it. So, so I was like, well, we're going to play Fred's Polka. That's what I called it, Fred's Polka. You know, so that would be one of the ones that would get recorded. So, so that I got some real personal reasons why it'd be kind of neat to to do it you gotta you gotta record that so and plus there's a rocking version of a song it's pop it's the shortest song we ever play it's one i wrote it's more like dropkick murphy's flogging molly style it's only like a minute and 30 seconds i think uh-huh. it's called hey and that song just rips you know and, and when we do it in some of those october festers parts and song hey the crowd chants hey we'll do it down there and the crowd's like hey it's it's like wow so when i watch flogging molly dvd i'm like that song is perfect for like that it's like, like we, I could hear that song being played on K-Rock for a minute and 30 seconds. You know? <laughs> See, like what you're saying about the CD is I think you should do it, and I think you should do it because you want to do it. You know what I mean? Don't worry about being getting it sold. Like, get it out there. Because like you said, like your father wrote that song, and you, he didn't think it was that hot of a song, but you think it's excellent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Other people may catch on to what you're doing and appreciate what you're doing, then buy it. It may take yeah. a few years before yeah. people are like, oh, wow, this, you know, discover it, yeah. but... If yeah, you and I thought yourself. if you don't record it, then you never know. Because right. there's part of me that, like I said, I think that one song, I know I should. That's the one I wrote. And that's a ballad. It's, it's, it's a sad song. Like I said, I struggle with that one. But I think it's the best song I ever wrote, probably because of the emotion and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think of, man, if somebody else heard it and it got pitched to the right person and they recorded it, they could maybe have a hit, you know? Because a lot of them, there's as you know, them big bands – they do anything. I mean, if Bruce Springsteen would put out a Polka album, all of a sudden Polka would be cool. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, because he's just so good, whatever he does, you know. And there's certain bands that uh, Johnny Cash was another guy. Whatever, you know, what Cash would do would be gold. You know, look when he did Hurt. Oh, yeah. yeah. That whole album he did with yeah. Rick Rubin you know was I mean? phenomenal. And uh, Rusty Cage by so Soundgarden, too. There's, there's some of them bands. So it's like, man, I wish if somebody could hear song take it and mm-hmm. record it or something mm-hmm. so part of me work maybe be on another movie i don't know you know but i know if they don't if you don't record it you can't do that mm-hmm. so that's you know we'll see who's the band sponsor now i know you've had cold cock whiskey cold it's cock. the only is there a herbal whiskey uh-huh. and uh and they're just they're stuff. in growing stages mm-hmm. you know they're not even in every state yet but they're growing the folks that are running it actually used to run the jägermeister band program rick zeeler okay and he's based out in California. So they're trying to make a go of it, you know. And uh, when we got into Jaeger, it was because of Rick and Adam. You know, they're the ones that took a liking to what we were doing. So, you know, and then Jaeger kind of slowed down with their sponsorship program. So until, well, you know, we'll go with them and see, you know, see like, what Cole happens. Cock has a lot of bands on their roster. They do. They do. And they got some other, like, like um, the X Games type people, you yep, know, like yep. the skateboarders and whatnot. They got... You know, some people they sponsor doing that too. Smart marketing, though. It is. It really so, is. And the stuff does taste great. That's yeah, it is. Thing. It's it, just, it's tough to find. They're trying to get it out there and get it into different places. So, you know, I admire their gusto. Mm-hmm. And they're working yeah. with a lot of different bands. I mean, obviously, polka band, they got a lot of metal right. bands, rock and roll oh, bands. Yeah. Terry King from Slayer is actually an investor in it. <clears throat> oh, is that? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a big, big part of the program, I guess. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Because. They, at one time, they were sponsored by Jaeger. We, yeah. were like, we were all hanging out at a corn show, and I remember the Jaeger reps telling me, like, 
is how is it that the polka band out drank corn? <laughs> like that's not no ordinary polka band, let me tell you. <laughs> well, funny thing is we went a few years back. They they did the country tour, uh-huh. and they had uh, Dirk Bentley was their the band, and uh, my group that went with me got cut off the bar. So not me, I behaved because I was a designated driver. But you know, good memories. Good memories for sure. You you had a good run with Jaeger though. Yeah, they, they were great to us. Great people. <clears throat> they yeah. treated us like gold. And mm-hmm. like I said, you know, when Rick and Adam were running that program, man, that was something. Mm-hmm. You know, that was something. I mean, holy cow, the stuff they'd hook you up with and everything. They they were great, and the the bands they had at these shows they put on. I mean, we got to meet a lot of bands. I met, met the guys in Cult, and uh, you met the Cult, you know, huh? Yeah, the first Jaeger show I ever went to was Slipknot. Yeah, and that's. I'll admit that's not really my style of music. <laughs> you know, I admire what they do. Oh, yeah. Their crowd reaction's great. Met them guys in Slipknot, you know. They were cool. But yeah. That's another singer, though, that, that can do multiple things. Yeah. Like Corey Taylor's yeah. all over the place. So they put on a great show. I'll give them credit, you know. So that was fun. Met Slipknot and, uh, like I said, The Cult, um, Alter Bridge. Met them, you know, and which they've really come a long way, you know, their band. And... Uh, so, yeah, and there's been other bands. Just some good times over the years, you know. And, yeah, and they're going to continue. I hope so. Oh, absolutely. I, I, love, I love what I do. You know, I wish I could play more. You know, I wish I could play more. They're all over the place, but they're coming up. The Fritz's Polka Band is going to be at the Tap Room 46 at Woods Valley. It's coming up Monday the 19th, right, February? Yep, but even before that, Saturday the 10th will be there. Seven o'clock. Okay. This so this Saturday there. night. Okay. Yes, this Saturday night, Tap Room 46. Yeah. Seven o'clock. Come on up. Rock out with us. Tip some brewskis. They got a nice bar up there. Mm-hmm. And uh non alcoholic or alcoholic beverages, you know. And uh they got food and stuff, so it'll be a good time. Are you a skier? No. no. Cross country. Cross country. I don't dare do the downhill thing because I'm afraid I'd break a leg and I just nope. I did it once, fell down the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't want it to be i wouldn't you know i'd, I'd be a train wreck if that happened to me so <laughs> no same here i got knocked out by the gondola but that's for a whole nother oh wow story. <laughs> it's for a whole other story i fell down backwards <clears throat> did you really oh yeah. man <laughs> it was brutal i bet fritz looking at your schedule though you play a ton of festivals in the summertime yeah we're lucky we wow. get to play a lot of stuff in the, yeah. in the summer like i said the highlight will be music fest in the summer mm-hmm. august 10th i think it's a friday night you know, that'll, that'll be like a big summer highlight for us. And there's other stuff. We play other gigs, too, you know, small scale, big scale, whatever. And uh, the Oktoberfest season, we slow down as far as the number of gigs, but that's when we travel farther. I mean, last year, there was, like, I don't know, three, four weekends in a row, traveled over 1,000 miles every weekend. Wow. You know, and then played on top of that. And I'm, the, you know, so and there's one weekend we did five gigs in three days. You know, and so logistically, that's a challenge making, you know, because the case there's traffic and whatnot, you know, coordinating all that. But, uh, man, just them crowds are, you know. How many band vehicles have you gone through? <clears throat> Three. Three? Oh, that's not bad. No. After since Well, actually four, because when we first started, <laughs> we used to use my dad's pickup and had a cap on it. Okay. And then, <clears throat> I don't know, mid-80s, we got a van. Had that till probably the early 90s. Then we had another, mid-90s and had another van. And then 2014, I got the one that we're using right now, you know, but it's when we travel, four of us, you know, you throw in some coolers and your overnight stuff, you know, it's full. Mm -hmm. True. Have a few spare things. I mean, I got a spare amp, a spare recording. You always take a few extra things, but you know, it's full, Mm -hmm. but it's 
It's a good time. You feel playing these festivals during the summertime <clears throat> help you like in the spring and the fall and when you're out there? They can. As far as like, you know, they can. I mean, crowds. sometimes it opens up people see you that maybe they didn't think or they normally wouldn't come out and see you. But since you're there and they're at the event, then they're like, oh, wow, these guys are cool. So, you know, you went over some people, you know, and that's the, that's the whole thing. It's nice because, I mean, there'll be people that'll come out that you recognize, too, that you... You know, you go back to a city and these people are there again and they're loyal supporters, you know, so we're blessed for that, you know, because that's, you know, you got to have people come out to support you because if you don't, it's going to, it's going to go away. Yeah. You know, so we're lucky. Long Island's been really good to us. Really? You know, the crowds that we get down to Long Island, those are really over the top gigs, you know, and they treat us fabulous. We play Matina Cock Lodge, Oktoberfest, that's two days. Um, Platt Deutsch Park, <clears throat> when we play there in September this year for their Oompa Fest. And Oompa. they have a good variety of <laughs> bands there. Oompa Fest? <laughs> yeah. And we play in the Big Tent. And it's, that's another rocking over-the-top gig. You know, you'll hear us, we'll do a song, maybe a waltz, and we'll yodel. And then you'll hear us do All Along the Watchtower. So we'll do the whole gamut down there, and that's a lot of fun. The Oompa Fest. Yeah. I just love that name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, they're like, some of those gigs are just badass. And what, what exactly you know? is the Oompa Fest? <clears throat> Well, that's their event. Like that weekend, they have the German American Parade in New York City, and then the next day, Platt Deutsch Park has their Oompa Fest. Well, it's geared towards German style, but they still have us, and we're not like a German band. But <clears throat> you know, I think they like, like us. The oompa oompa so was, you know, yeah, they'll have like some tr- uh, folks in the traditional garb, the way they dance, and eater hose, and do the traditional <clears throat> dance. You know, and you watch. They have different generations in these dance groups are just phenomenal. I bet. You know, the outfits they wear, expensive as can be, so they really honor the culture and the ethnicity, you know, and they have different style of bands from, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning until like 10, 11 at night. Wow. Yeah, That's so. kind of cool. It is. It is. And you get... Not what I was get... expecting. <clears throat> I was thinking like little midgets with orange hair. No. <laughs> yeah. That's what no. I was expecting too. They'll get so many different people come out to that weekend too. Thousands. <clears throat> it's nuts. When we The first year we played at it, they were driving up, because you the first year you're like, wonder, you always wonder what something's going to be like. Sometimes you're blown away in a good way, and sometimes you're like, wow, that was lame. You know, so you, you don't know what to expect. We're pulling up, and you see, like, from a distance, people going in the park. Like, wow, what's going on here? And you get closer. And, Wait, that's the parking for where we're going to play? How many freaking people are there? there? There's thousands. <laughs> you're just like, wow. You know, brought back memories of going to Weedsport to see Miley Crew in 1990. You know, it's summer tour. when they're rocking in Weedsport. Missed that place. <laughs> that was good. They had a good few years there when I went, man. They Their did. shows are awesome. They're I saw like... the Scorps there in 94. Mm-hmm. Van Halen and Vince Neil in 95. That was phenomenal. And now they do anything there anymore? Nah. No. Nah. I still love those commercials. You know, it's summer when yeah. they're rocking in Weedsport. So, saw some great shows there over the years. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's a shame. Yeah. And it's like all these bigger venues have knocked out the smaller venues. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah. So, had a big money game. So Chris Cornell there. Really? At for, the least for, for the K-Rockathon? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the last K-Rockathon at Weedsport. Was it? Yeah. They, oh, wow. they had a couple there. It wasn't suited well for a K-Rockathon. Yeah, it's too, it, it, too small. Too small. Yeah. yeah. Too yeah. small. I remember Motley, man, 90. They were huge. Yeah. Traffic was backed up on the throughway. Wow. That was great. Tesla opened up for him. What great are some of your time. favorite shows you've been to? Motley Crue Tesla showing Weed Sport is yeah. one of them. Bon Jovi in, Weed, in um, Saratoga, 1995, on the These Days tour. Mm-hmm. They played <clears throat> like two hours and 25 minutes. And at the time, they did, excuse me, <clears throat> all my, fa- my favorite songs. They played Hey God was their second song. Blood on Blood was the fifth song. They had Dry County in. I mean, 
And Dry County is one of my favorite Bon Jovi songs. And they don't play a lot on these days. And it's funny, if you read books or listen to interviews of John Bon Jovi, say these days was really never an album that went over big in the United States. Europe, it was cool. But United States is more of we want to hear the hits. Yeah. And me, again, back to that musician thing, good or bad, I want to be surprised. Play some deep cuts, you know. <clears throat> and I realize I got to honor the bigger chunk of people. Right. But when Bon Jovi played in 95 in Weeds, and I keep going to say Weeds Park because I'm hooked on it now, but Saratoga, they that was a These Days tour. They played a lot of those songs. And man, I was just, I was loving it. That was my, and I did see the Bon Jovi show in Cleveland in 2013, which was only a few shows before Richie Sambora left the band. And that was a great show. That was like two hours and 50 minutes. That was a great concert too. But there wasn't really any surprises that night. Mm -hmm. But it was a great show. But, again, I liked that Bon Jovi in Saratoga in 95. Um, Van Halen with Vince Neil. In, I, and I said the wrong year earlier. That was 93 in Weed Sport with Van Halen and Vince Neil. Because that was Vince Neil on his Exposed Tour, his first CD mm -hmm. outside of Motley Crue. You're invited, but your friends can't yeah. come. Remember that, And that's, that, that album rocked. So, and then Van Halen played a great show that night, two hours, 15 minutes. They encored, they did a Rockin' in the Free World. That was a great show. And since then, though, there's been other concerts I've liked for other reasons. Like, um, Mike and I went and saw Aerosmith and Slash, Slash's band in 2014 down in Jersey. Because um, Mike and I have subsequently befriended some of the guys in Slash's band. Oh, cool. Um, Brent Fitz is drummer, Todd Kearns is bass player, Frank Sidoris, guitarist. You know, and great musicians and the nice guys to bring that back to light. And um, so <clears throat> Mike and I, the tickets were kind of expensive. So Mike and I had bought tickets that were, you know, higher up because those weren't as expensive. And we thought, hey, you know, watch them. And then, you know, they were going to leave us meet and greet so we could hang out with them, you know, after their show. So I go to Will Call to pick up the meet and greet passes from Todd. And uh, I'm like, gosh, oh, what else is in here? I'm looking at him Oh, there's two tickets. Jeez, we already got tickets. We don't need tickets. I'm looking. Look. Oh, my gosh. Todd Comptas tickets that were, like, up on the floor, like, 10th row. Right next to, right next to the catwalk. So, when Aerosmith played, because um, Slash and the Conspirators didn't use the catwalk. But when Aerosmith played, I was from me to you, from Joe Perry, Steven Tyler. You know, he comped us tickets. And then when we met him afterwards, we're like, Todd, we had to. He goes, ah, I didn't know. I figured out ah, what the heck. Hook you guys up. I'm like, thanks, dude. They're just nice guys. So that that show was a favorite too because they they treat us great. That's great. You know, anytime we go to see Slash's band, they take care of us. That's super That's cool. Awesome, you know, man. and they're nice guys. You know, that you know when when we uh, I think it was when we went to see him in Ohio. You know, and there's not a lot of people in the meet and greet. That's pretty a small group. Right. Brent walks out. He's like, hey. Right here, best polka band in the world, pointing to Mike and I. These, these people are like, who are these guys? You know, so it, it, we've been blessed, really been blessed. It's great when you get endorsements from all the rock stars. Yeah, right. Man. And I feel like you've yeah. got a ton of those. Well, they're they're really nice to us. So mm -hmm. whenever I can brag them guys up, I'll, you know, I won't hesitate. Mm -hmm. you so did you get to meet Slash? Yeah, I met Slash a couple times. Can't get a picture with him though. No. No, I haven't been able to. But, he's just not into pictures. But no, but he'll he'll talk, shake your hand, yeah. sign an autograph. He don't want pictures. He's nice, but he not pictures. Okay, no problem. Yeah. You know, understand. Got to respect his wishes. Yeah, respect that. You know, but like I said, the other guys are cool. You know, they wear my shirts different times and stuff, and mm -hmm. they're just nice guys and fabulous musicians. You know, so it's you 
I feel like your shirts are all around town too. I've seen your shirts everywhere. We've sold a lot of shirts over the years. Yeah. You know, every year we go out to play, we try to make a different shirt just for old time's sake, I guess. I'm talking the traditional black one with the Fritz's Pokemon. Oh yeah, the, that's from like two thousand. It's like from two thousand or something. Probably. Yeah, yeah, that's an older one. A lot. It's still out there. Yeah. People are still. I rocking think it says the shirt. party's just begun on the. Yes, back of it, you know. Yes, that's <laughs> it, man. And then I see some people where sometimes somebody was sent me a picture like, dude, I saw a guy wearing his shirt and it's like he had the sleeveless and he had ink showing everything. Hey, that's cool. That's all good. Whatever you know. <laughs> I mean, it's all good. Sure wasn't Z. <laughs> hey, you never know. He almost never had sleeves on. Uh, well. Not- <laughs> In the summer and spring. And sometimes the winter. Sometimes the winter. It depends. <laughs> depends on if I run out of laundry or not. That's hey, usually how it, it goes. It can happen. Fritz, I know you got to get out of here really soon. Get, plug your website and yeah, social media, how people can hear you. com or on Facebook as well, Twitter. Just got on Instagram. I was a little slow getting on there, but so we'll get some stuff added on there. But, you know, just trying to spread the word. We're on YouTube if you Google us and there's some cool stuff on there. Like I said, All in the Watchtower is probably one of my favorites. There's us doing a Stormy Monday, more of a bluesy tune, like Almond Brotherish type, you know. Um, and there's some traditional stuff. There's some polka shows we did over the years. They're on there. And uh, there's some video, too. Uh, when I mentioned when Rocco Dorsey has jammed with us a few times over the years, got some of that captured. So I think it was doing Johnny Be Good and maybe uh, Pride and Joy from Stevie Ray Vaughan. So, uh, very cool. There's some cool stuff to check out, but come out to Woods Valley. Let us see us cut loose. That's going to be a fun gig. That's a good show to cut loose at. Yeah. They're always a good drinking, good time, you know? You, mm-hmm. you have and they serve beers. Copper City beer now. Yeah. It, what, at room at 46 Valley? at Woods Valley. They just got it in oh, wow. there. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, what more do you need? I like how you, you know? bring them together. Yeah. That's, <laughs> hey. Hey, might as well. We're all this you community know, together. Say, right? They're good to us. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, we're lucky for the places we get to play. We really are. You know, we're lucky folks want to have us come out and play. I feel like you're in a better situation than most of the original bands around here. (laughs) You're more accepted in different venues. Well, I'll tell you why. It's the longevity. Well, sometimes, you know, and sometimes not, you know. And sometimes the challenge is, too, is the middle word in my band's name, polka. Now, when we started, like I said, in 78, we were more traditional. We had a trumpet. And we weren't rocking out, really. You know, but as we've evolved over the years, we still kept the name for longevity reasons. But obviously, we're much more than polka. But you take somebody on the outside, and they see Fritz's polka band. Eh. Because sometimes people have a perception. I mean, there is different polka, too. It's not all the same. There's German, American, Slovenian, whatnot, and variations, Polish, you know. And sometimes it all gets painted in together. And if people don't know us and they see polka, they're like, eh, I'm going to go see that. So sometimes I know that keeps people from seeing us because we've had people come up before and say, geez, we didn't know that you guys were going to do this. Holy cow, you guys are cool. So, you know, but because they come and see us, they saw what we did and they liked it. You know, and like, and the other thing is the challenge is we do get a lot of different gigs. You know, we've played nursing homes, which are almost like unplugged. You know, real mellow. Mike doesn't even set up all his drums. You guys unplugged. Not everybody else is plugged in. Well, (laughs) we hope, right? But that's the thing, you know? So, yeah, we're not going to rock out there. Mm -hmm. But there's certain places we do. So, you know, sometimes we're accepted, sometimes we're not. Define that word polka, though. I was going to say the same thing. It's it's based on an ethnic style. One, two, one, two, one, two. Uh, Just upbeat, whatnot. And then there's different variations. Polish, they tend to have more trumpet. 
Slovenian tends to have maybe a banjo and saxophone. German tends to have like maybe a tuba, you know. And then you got us. We have electric guitar just to throw the whole thing out of whack, mm -hmm. you know. But that way, if I want to go from polka to a rock song, I can, you know. So it makes us more versatile, and we can play, you know, more stuff, you know. And that's what I like. But again, because of that word polka, sometimes that keeps us out of places that it's like, geez, if they give us a chance, I think we'd go over. Case okay, Saranac Thursday. I'm not even going to submit this year. It's a waste of time. Cause we don't get in, you know, and then, and I don't want to get pissed, but I'll be honest, you know, cause I like my band and then, you know, we don't get picked. Um, I was like, well, geez, what, what do I got to do? We're good enough to play in the largest free festival in the United States, not Utica, not Syracuse or Buffalo, the United States. You know what I mean? But we can't play it Saturday Thursday. So, and I get it, you know, they have a different demographic and that's cool. And I respect that. And that's good. And the bands they do have, there are great. You know, like you mentioned the bomb, they play, they're freaking phenomenal. Gridley Page, those bands are great. Yeah, Showtime. You know, yeah, some those great bands are bands. great. So I get it. And so, hey, we don't get to play there. That's okay. You know, but, um, so sometimes that word polka can keep you out of places, you know? So, but thankfully there's places that are open-minded and have us like, once we play at music fast, boom. I'll have his back and yingling. They dig us because, wow, you guys are different. So, you know, sometimes it's a good thing that, and sometimes it can be, well, we realize that it can keep you out of places and you have to accept it. Because okay. I really don't want to change the name because then you, you oh, lose the history. Been going right. since for yeah. 40 years. Why are you so, changing the name? We're Fritz's Polka Band. Take it or leave it. Right. 40 years. That's the way it goes. You can't change the name yeah. after 40 years. So it's all good. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Well, Fritz, thanks for coming by, man. This thanks, man. Really this cool, was fun. Man. This is anytime. This Please come fun. back. I got to see your grandfather's accordion. <laughs> you got you got to take care of this, though, man. Yeah. You know, you should fiddle around with it just for his old time's sake. Yeah, really, yeah. You know, because the thing is, you got a good accordion. It's in good shape. I mean, it's the tone's good. It's still in key. Yeah. It looks it's in, amazing. Yeah, it, it does. The keys aren't because sometimes you go play the reeds are broken. As soon as you play, it's off key. Her mm -hmm. keys are sticking. Again, it's not that it couldn't be fixed, but you don't have to fix this. Right. It just so got that you nice classic you can, look to it. Yeah, I mean, if you like, put some time in, tinker around with it, you know. It was Lawrence Welk's accordion at one time. You know. If you, if you <laughs> I could, don't know. Could, you could, uh, <laughs> oh, John Jasky, man. That's going back. My, my dad's, when my dad bought his first Excelsior accordion, yeah. this is probably 19, way back when, he, John Jasky got six free lessons with it. So John Jesky's been around for years. Now, is he a local guy? Yeah. Oh, he is. He was. Yeah, he was. yeah, my dad did that. So yeah. Me and Rick Montalbano both took lessons. Rick Montalbano, that guy can play. He's still playing. I went to high school with his son. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. The stuff he does with jazz and all that, the bands he plays with. So many Mangione and all those. And there's guys. so many great musicians in town, right? There, Thanks, there's man. everywhere. So there's just so in oh, this yeah. area we're flooded with great musicians. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. it, it really is. is, you know. And I love, like I said, when I can go out and see them, you know, and enjoy it. You know, and there's some bands you always think, man, how come they're not bigger than that? Because they're so good. Right. Right. You know, you take a CNY or you take a 50 mile radius, you think of the talent that's here. You know, I did kind of like Los Blancos a couple weeks ago. Still killing just it. Just jamming. Still killing <clears> it. You know, we've done a few gigs with them over the years. And it's a good double. Just bill. nice guys and. You know, first gig we did them was Stylene's Rhythm Palace, 97. Mm -hmm. You know, that was awesome. I missed that place. That was 2001 or three. We did it again. Great place. It was just, yeah, it was a good place to go. You know, thing is, people got to get out and support the local scene, you mm -hmm. know. And they, and they do. People are pretty good. Sometimes it could be a little better. 
You know, this is what's and, been taken away from the local scene. Yeah. And uh, this right here, the yeah. phone that I'm holding up yeah. in my hand, this is taken away because they'll be like, ah, why am I going to catch you this weekend? I could just watch a show on YouTube yeah. or I could just watch a clip on, on Facebook or something like that or go Facebook Live. It's a shame. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it really is. hurting the, the scene, I think. There's so many good bands and musicians and whatnot. And, you know, it's a good time. So yeah. I, I appreciate you having me come on the show. Oh, yeah, anytime. Promote. What I've done over years, Christ, you've done that for years, you know, and I really appreciate that. Like, that's why I'm always like when I do stuff, awards we've got over the years or whatever, I always try to thank like media and people that helped us, you know, because you can't forget like those people, if people don't promote it, nobody's going to know what you're doing. Right. You know, I mean, I can do so much, but, you know, you got people have you on a radio show or on a TV or, hey, geez, can you come in on our news? You know, do things like that. It's like, man, that's really nice because you think of all the different people mm-hmm. they could have and, you know, they want to hear me come and shoot the breeze for a bit or hear us play a few tunes or make a little noise, you know. It's, yeah. it's pretty cool. And thankfully over the years, you know, that's happened a lot. So we're really grateful. Absolutely. Next time you come in here, I'll hopefully have the back line in here, and you guys oh, can man. jam out a couple of songs something. and bring the whole band in here. Jeez. It'd be a lot of fun. It'd be, it'd be great to see Mike Farino. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. Good guy, man. And we'll let you jam out. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't yeah, have if to. If you get a chance before then, come out, man. I know you're busy, too, and everything, but you're busy this Saturday. You can't do it. Maybe next Saturday, the 17th at Copper City. and cause that, That's going to be a festive gig, too. And the 19th at Woods Valley, that's a Monday, a little different. That's an afternoon show, but it's a holiday, so they're going to have us come in and make a little noise up there that oh, night, cool. day, that day, 1 o'clock. So. That sounds like a lot of fun. But Yeah. And I'll be updating the social media and website as we go because I've been pretty busy booking different gigs. So the schedule I gave you is already outdated because I picked up some more while I was driving in. So it's all good. Right on. One more time, plug your social media yeah. and your website and all Fritz's that. We're on Facebook, Twitter. New to Instagram, check us out on YouTube. Watch us play all along the Watchtower if you want to hear us rock out or uh, if you want to hear something more traditional. There's some polka shows we did. Um, you can find them on YouTube and even go into our website and then click on the video icon and see what we've done over the years for video. You can watch our Hall of Fame induction in Syracuse too. That's on there. Awesome. Yeah, that, that cool, was pretty man. cool. Mark Bielzek did the honors for us. and that was To get to play too? Nice. Yeah, well, not the whole band, no. but... um. Cause that was, you know, less than a year after my dad had passed away that, uh, in my speech, thank you speech, um, I'd acknowledge my dad. And then I said that, uh, although I said, although my dad couldn't be here, I brought his accordion and then I opened it up and I played Fritzy's Lendler, which is the first song he ever wrote. He wrote that when I was a baby, when I was like a year old, he wow. wrote that. So I played it and the crowd went nuts. So that was pretty cool. Uh, cool, really cool. Yeah. That's cool. You got the thing is, it was a twisty song to play. I even said, man, I'll have my band to cover up my mistake. So here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Good time, though. Right on, Fritz. Well, much respect to you, my friend. Come back anytime. Doors always open. Appreciate it. Very much. Thank you. Thank you for coming, man. Thank you very much. TC Radio. Thank you for calling the EC Radio Attitude Adjustment Line. Press 1 if you need a good slap in the mouth. Press 2 if you need a stern verbal lashing. Press 3 if you need a timeout. Press 4 to respond to the voices in your head. Press 5 if you need to talk to your mom. And if this is an actual emergency, please hang up and call someone who gives a shit. You know what the hell you're listening to?
It's EC Radio. Hey, it's Adeline Van Dyke from Coldwell Banker Faith Properties in Utica. I always get asked, why do I love real estate? It's very simple. I love my clients. I love every single thing about helping them find or sell their home. Making sure the home is solid and ready for sale or solid and ready for the buyer's inspection. To making sure that they're getting the best rate on their mortgage. Making sure they're getting the best price on their house. You know, just everything involved in the sale is vital. My absolute favorite part of real estate is when a buyer walks into the house they're going to buy. I can feel it before they even know they're loving the house. It's just that obvious. So I'd love to experience that feeling with you. So give me a call. Adeline Van Dyke, Coldwell Banker, Faith Properties, 315-404-6431. Or you can find me on Facebook or visit my website at centralnewyork.com backslash Adeline. Thank you, and I look forward to welcoming you home. When it's your hard-earned money on the line that you are investing into a home, it makes sense to choose a proven professional to assist you in making one of the biggest investments you may ever make. Josh's dedication of over 20 years to the home construction industry allows him to bring knowledge and experience to your doorstep. That means you can feel confident and comfortable with his service to you. Past clients love his attention to detail and thorough written reports. By allowing priceless inspections to help you make a well-informed decision concerning your property, you will find that a quality inspection is priceless. Follow Priceless Inspections on Facebook or call 315-525-8725. In the Mohawk Valley, for the best real estate service, you gotta have faith. Caldwell Banker Faith Properties, 315-735-2222 or www.centralnyhomes.com. Y'all all infidels, that's right, it's Hacker Hameen. This is Al Schneer from the band Mo. Hey, this is Corey Glover from Living Color. And you're listening to EC Radio. And you're listening to EC Radio. Live on EC Radio with the Z-Man, so take the pizza out of your fat moron mouse. Sit back and listen before I give you a $5 face slap. You'll never forget, infidels. Y'all all.